listeners and welcome to episode 11 of the Rapid Ascend podcast. What a massive start to the year. We've had the Otway Odyssey and just a couple of weeks ago we had the Bike Buller Festival, the annual Bike Buller Festival. Um, it's just been huge and in, in terms of the podcast, really busy start to the year as well. Samara Shepard in January, uh, Brendan Johnston, a huge reaction to that episode in February. For March, we have our first multi-sport off-road triathlon adventure superstar. His name's Benny Allen. He's from Wollongong in the surf coast. Um, Love surfing is devoted to his partner, Jackie Allen. They just bought a new home. They've just had their fifth wedding anniversary. Ben competed at the Otway Odyssey a couple of weeks ago. He's got a massive year ahead for the Xterra World Off-Road Championships. And it was just unreal to sit down and have a chat with him. He first popped up on our radar last year when he won the Augusta Adventure Fest. Um, He's won... X Adventure as well, one of our other events at Rapid Ascent, and he's also one, or he's also keen to do the Eagle Bay Epic in November coming up for the first time. So it's great to chat with Ben today. Tune in, listen up. Um, thanks for all your feedback and comments. Just let us know what you think on the iTunes podcast. Uh, leave your comments there, really appreciate it. So I hope you enjoy this episode, episode 11 with Benny Allen and your host, Ben Hucker. Benny Allen, welcome to episode 11 of the Rapid Ascent podcast. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Rapid Ascent, for having me. Look forward to uh, our little chat. Yeah, super excited to have you on the show today. We've had a a lot of ultra runners, adventure racers, mountain bikers, but you're our first pro triathlete. So how do you feel? Yeah, pretty good. Um, Yeah, I'll probably... Uh, would class myself as a multi-sport athlete rather than a triathlete, although I, I sort of dabble in majority of triathlon events. Um, you know, I do like to do some off-the-cuff uh, type racing, you know, in terms of like, um, you know, adventure racing, kayaking, because I came from a surf life saving background, so I have that ability to be able to transition um, to multi disciplines and uh yeah that's something that i really enjoy doing and um i suppose i i yeah learned my craft from um my surf life saving and then transitioned into uh sort of adventure racing and and went sort of full throttle into triathlon yeah it didn't seem quite right the description on the internet (laughs) is obviously pro-triathlete but um given your background and i I should mention that I first met you at our last ever Augusta Adventure Fest last year, which is an adventure race on the southern or the south southwest tip of Western Australia, south of Perth, uh, south of Margaret River on the Cape to Cape Peninsula. Um, first met you there, and it's fair to say you dominated. Like there wasn't one athlete within, I would say, 10 minutes of you. So I was quite blown away by your performance that day. Where did it all sort of start, the adventure racing for you, multi-sport? And like you mentioned briefly then, your surf life-saving, is that where it began? Yeah, definitely. Um, I sort of, yeah, growing up through the surf life-saving ranks and then, um, yeah, started to, I suppose, take it a bit more seriously and and sort of target the professional Ironman surf series in the, you know, Kellogg's Nutrigrain and the Nutrigrain uh, and the Uncle Toby's series back in the day. Um, and I used uh, the Anaconda Adventure Races as a bit of cross-training to sort of help with my um, sort of, yeah, progression in the sport of, uh, of surf Ironman racing. And 
that's where I suppose it sparked uh, a flame that I didn't know that it would uh, eventuate to be uh, yeah, a, a world-class triathlete and sort of adventure racer uh, from there. Yeah, it's an interesting background. and I think every adventure racer comes from, um, typically comes from a single sport. I don't hear a very, I hear a very few that sort of become um, multi-sport athletes from triathlon, multi-discipline. They're typically a swimmer, a trail runner, or a, a cyclist, a mountain biker. So for you, it was about surf life-saving and swimming and then moving on from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, like it, it sort of, I, I targeted um, the cool and get a gold and I thought what better way to be able to, you know, gain some fitness and some skill by jumping in uh, a long distance adventure race being the Anaconda adventure sort of series and, you know, that swim, bike, kayak, uh, run, trail run um, disciplines was right up my alley and I thought that would be perfect to be able to sort of hone my craft in the surf uh, ocean world and um, yeah sort of little did I know that I would uh, sort of progress and and sort of take a, a different path from the surfing uh, world and, and transition into triathlon and I, I raced on the road for a little bit. Um, I got sort of targeted by the National Talented Identification Program after I competed competed in the Cooling Out of Gold um, by Triathlon Australia and sort of took up, um, yeah, a bit of a, a training sort of training and, and coaching um, a development uh, role through uh, under the tutelage of Jamie Turner, who is the the N Swiss AIS coach at the time, and he sort of helped me uh, fine fine tune my craft to be a, a world class triathlete and racing on the road and and trying to qualify for the London Olympics and um, I raced overseas in in Europe and travelled all around the world and. Um, in the off season, I went and did an, did an off-road triathlon race at the time. It was called Xterra and I just fell in love with it and I was like, this is exactly what I have to do. Uh, it was just uh, a swim, a, a mountain bike and a trail run and it was everything I could imagine. I suppose from those adventure racing slash surf days, it sort of, uh, yeah, it sort of gave me me- fond memories of what I used to do and it was just exactly what I suppose was meant to meant to be doing, and yeah, from this day on, that's that's exactly what I continue to do and strive to to achieve what I can. Yeah, so it's interesting that you went back to what you used to love doing. So you grew up in Wollongong, is that right, on the beach? Yeah, definitely grew up in uh, in Wollongong. Um, went to school here, and then um, yeah. sorry. Uh, were you close to bushland and sort of natural reserves and that type of thing? Oh, yeah, it's a perfect location. We've got the ocean and then, yeah, the escarpment close by. So we've got access to trail, a pretty good trail network really close and, you know, ocean swimming. We've got 17 beaches to choose from and, yeah, there's plenty of um, outdoor activities to keep you, keep you busy in the meantime. Yeah, it seems to be a bit of a, an adventure haven up there in Wollongong. Uh, one of our previous guests, I think Josh Carlson is from Wollongong and Samara Shepherd as well, mountain biker. So 
there must be some good trails around there. Yeah, there sure is. Um, yeah, it's produced some pretty phenomenal athletes over the past. And, uh, yeah, definitely I grew up with uh, Josh and trying to chase him down a lot of the trails. And it's great to see him doing so well on the world stage and, and obviously within Australia as well. But, um, yeah, he and I still to this day uh, ride at least once or twice a week. Um, and we also race for Giant, um, both one of our one of our long term uh, loyal sponsors that we you know, really love. And um, yeah, for, uh, for for myself to be able to grow up in a place like this with access to the facilities that I have, it's just been you know, a dream come true. And I and just recently, actually, um, myself and my wife uh, Jackie, we just bought a place in Wollongong, so we're cementing. Um, our roots here and uh, looking to you know, stay here for a long time. Yeah, congratulations to you guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's only just recent. So, yeah, literally this week we actually purchased the house. So um, the settlement has gone through and all the boxes are being ticked and we look to move in next week. So, yeah, it's, it's exciting times in the Allen household. Yeah, definitely. Congratulations again. And obviously a major milestone. So first homeowners. Yeah, first homeowners. Um, yeah, it's it's a pretty decent house for for, for our liking with um, yeah, five <laughs> bedrooms, double garage and two kitchens and um, yeah, it's just it was just everything we five could have bedrooms. ever asked for. Yeah, five bedrooms. So, Benny, if you need a room, I'm sure we could. Uh, yeah, we could look after you for sure. That's fantastic. <laughs> Sounds like Xterra is really paying off for you. Uh, yeah. Well, we've been Jackie and I have been pretty, um, pretty good over the last few years. We've um, saved a lot of our money, um, you know, through our racing and being very very good in managing what we've been doing um but not only that we've had a really good support network from our sponsors and also my family my family is key to um everything that i've ever done supporting me 100 percent, and that's allowed myself and now my wife jackie to be able to you know move forward in life and obviously buy our first home yeah that's brilliant news and I guess it's a, a good chance to go into the love aspect of the Allen family. We like a bit of love on the Rapid Ascent podcast. Can you tell us how you guys met? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, uh, for myself, I was um, racing in France and living in France for a French triathlon team at the time. And um, uh, I've, there was a Nextera off-road triathlon race in Sardinia in Italy. And uh, I made the trip over as the token Aussie to go and race. And, um, yeah, I bumped into this Pommy lass. And, uh, yeah, pretty much uh, I had a pretty good event, uh, pretty good race there. I finished third. And I don't know if it sparked a flame in, in Jackie's eye, but I actually met Jackie's mum before meeting Jackie at the presentation and spoke to Jackie's mum. And then Jackie's mum passed on that I was a, not a bad fella and the rest is history from there <laughs> you got the reference from jackie's mum yeah pretty much got the tick of approval then and there and um jackie's mum janet uh said i was uh, a good apple and she uh yeah gave me gave me gave a daughter the all clear and i was able to yeah i suppose uh woo her so to speak and 
Yeah, well, yeah. I suppose we've never been. We travelled all around Europe, and then um, Jackie made the trip over to Australia, and we pretty much haven't uh, left each other's side from then on. Then on in, we've just been travelling the world together, racing Xterra and, and off road and adventure races, and just living the dream and loving every day. Yeah, that's fantastic. Do you find that it helps or hinders in your performance? Like, do you find each other training together, and or do you have to keep it sort of separate? No, I, I definitely feel as though it, it helps a lot. Um, knowing, you know, what an athlete at a at a high level has to go through. I don't need to explain anything to Jackie because Jackie's very supportive, and vice versa. I try and support her as much as possible, and it's pretty easy. You know, like say on a Saturday or Sunday, you know, oh, I've got to go out for a four-hour ride. I won't be back, and then I've got to go for a run and a swim. You know, to justify to someone that doesn't really understand the demands of the sport would be quite difficult. Um, but you know, Jackie understands what needs to be done, and and that helps a lot. So you know, you can fully concentrate on trying to get the best out of yourself to perform at the highest level. And, um, yeah, just having somewhere, someone there um, that you can share the, the journey with as well, that, that's a huge benefit because, you know, traveling can be a very lonely, uh, yeah. lonely sort of experience, lonely experience. And, and triathlon, in a way, is a very lonely sport. It's, it's individual and you don't really get much of an opportunity to, I suppose, be in a team environment Um other than you know, when you're at home where you can speak with your family or your physios and, and your coaching staff and all that kind of stuff. But um, being able to travel around the world with someone at the same events and, and do you know, sort of touristy things um, after the race and experience you know, culture and food and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's amazing. It, you know, it's the memories that you ch- sort of cherish forever. Yeah, there's a lot to be said of having a partner there to experience, uh, you know, the trials and tribulations out on tour. How long have you guys been together now? Um, it's actually our wedding anniversary tonight. <laughs> uh, we've oh, been married for <laughs> yeah, we've been married for three years. Uh, we've been together for I think uh, five or six. Don't okay, uh, hold me to that. Thank you. <laughs> we better make this podcast nice and short then so you can go and celebrate. Oh, it's all good. Jackie was out uh, doing a trail run actually this afternoon. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, we'll celebrate it another day, another night. So, yeah, for us it's it's just, um, you know, I think we really enjoy each other's company. We, you know, we love sharing in opportunities that uh, presented before us and we just love you know exploring the world and and just um you know making the most of it each and every day that we have yeah that's a really good philosophy i see that on your personal website i know you've both got a website there together and even on your sponsor pages as well you talk about your philosophy of traveling and um i guess seeing the world via triathlon and off-road triathlon that's a big part of who you guys are yeah, most definitely. You know, like for us, it's, you know, you need to have a life outside of triathlon. I think too much of a good thing is not a good thing. You need to have a, a balanced lifestyle and and being able to sort of still live your life but then, um, 
you know, sort of perform at a high level, it, it's not easy. You need to have a, a well-balanced life outside of triathlon for your triathlon to perform to perform well at the top level. If things aren't going well at your home life or, you know, you're not sleeping or you're arguing or, you know, you've got some some issues, I suppose, then you, it'll reflect in your racing. So it's all about finding what works for you and, and yeah, like creating a network that enables you to be able to perform at your best and, and really, um, you know, believing in everything you do. We co- we have a, a coaching business and we try and translate that philosophy um, to our athletes so that they can get the most out of themselves and, and really allow them to be able to sort of enjoy the whole experience and get the most out of their lifestyle so that, you know, they can still achieve everything they want to on the race course. Yeah, it's a great philosophy. How, how do you chill out? When you've had enough of off-road triathlon training and all the rest and all the logistics and planes and trains and automobiles, how do you guys chill out and just switch off? Yeah, to be honest, uh, being being an athlete and being so active and you know, trying to include like family life and all that kind of stuff, it is one of the hardest things to do is to switch off Um because there's, I always think there's always something you can do to, you know, to fill in the gap or fill in the time, and it's it's something that, you know, like still to this day, I'm not very good at. And yeah, you know, both Jackie and I are very active and and busy people in general. We have a lot going on outside of our triathlon and and outside of our life, you know, managing other athletes and stuff like that as well. Because we want to share the gift and the knowledge that we've got. You know, it's only you only sort of achieve anything in life if you pass it on to someone else i believe and and sharing that gift is such a rewarding experience um for us it's just a matter of uh maybe even just going for a walk down the beach and grabbing a coffee and just you know um talking about something totally unrelated to triathlon or you know um, i always find peace when i'm just out surfing or swimming in the ocean it's very very mind-numbing and you don't really have to think about too much and it sort of takes you away from where you're at and gives you a chance to be able to be inside your own head and figure out whatever you've got going on. Yeah, it's a good segue into the sport of surfing, I think. And, you know, we're very keen surfers down here in Torquay at the Rapid Ascent offices. John Jacoby, very keen surfer out there most mornings when it's good. Um, yeah. Myself, a keen surfer. So... Surfing's a big part of your life and you've done that since a young age? Yeah, most definitely. I, I was lucky that I had a pretty good role model. My dad was a surfer growing up um, and, yeah, from from day dot, you know, before school, during school, you know, I did it as school sport and then after school I, I lived and breathed the ocean. I was out there no matter if the waves were, you know, one foot or the waves were, you know, ten foot, I was out there no matter um, yeah, so the ocean is a big part of my life and um, I'm very lucky and very fortunate that I live in a place where I've got, you know, a lot of different options to choose from and, you know, like the, the skills that I've learnt and um, the abilities that I have have all come from my parents sort of giving me the opportunities to be able to sort of come through that uh, movement 
through the surf life saving community and you know having the knowledge to be able to understand you know uh, you know rips and and uh sort of you know weather conditions and tides and all that kind of stuff is um something that you know it sort of comes natural to me now but looking back i cherish it a lot because not many people understand those type of uh, things that happen with Mother Nature and and the ocean. The ocean can be a very dangerous place, and if you don't understand under, understand the ocean, you know it could be you know super dangerous, and you can you know you can die from it. So uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, to be able to grow up in a place where I did and and sort of be involved in water, I feel very lucky, and I'm stoked to be able to you know call myself sort of a waterman at least. Yeah, I know from watching the Augusta Adventure Fest in November last year, the last one ever, uh, you guys, you did the run leg first and then the swim leg second. And to be honest, that that part of Western Australia is a little bit sharky and it looked a little bit terrifying. It was shallow at the start, but I see what you mean by it. Being able to read the rips and the tides and all the rest, it's definitely a skill set. Is it a skill set you try and instill in your in the athletes that you coach? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's a definitely a skill set that uh, it takes a, a very long time to be able to master. Uh, it's not one that you can sort of get overnight. It's about reading the ocean and understanding, um, you know, the way in which it works. But, you know, there is a, a method to the madness and it's uh, about, you know, believing your ability and believing what, can work for you that race in particular yeah it was um a very dark and gloomy day unfortunately when it when that sort of storm front came through and it was just a matter of reading the currents and and the sort of the ocean and the reefs and the way in which the tide and and the direction of the wind was blowing and and using all that to your advantage although sometimes some people see it as a negative aspect it's you've got to turn and i always think you've got to turn a negative into a positive and and the ocean can do that for you you can use it in a positive way people think rips are dangerous they they can be but if you're experienced waterman then you can use that to your advantage and and uh try and you know uh, accelerate yourself to be able to yeah, get through what you need to as best you can and I suppose that's what I was able to do and um, yeah I suppose it, it led uh, or it enabled me to sort of lead uh, and extend my gap um, from my from my fellow competitors. Yeah I know uh, one of my colleagues Kylie was the first into the water given that um, <laughs> uh, Sam Maffitt came through on the run leg quite quickly so I think Kylie was out in the water super quick but you had to change into your wetsuit and you put, caught her pretty fast and then you were gone like it was it was daylight <laughs> yeah no, no definitely i suppose yeah coming being growing up from a uh you know a surf background it was one of my strengths so I, I know i really had to sort of capitalize on that discipline as best i can and and uh use my surf skill to to my advantage and and try to uh, get as much time on, on my competitors as I could. Yeah, and talking of ne- uh, negatives into positives, a common theme among all our guests on the podcast so far is overcoming setbacks. So they've all had 
a time in their career or their life where they've had to overcome a major, major obstacle. What would you say is your, from memory and from what you've been through and your career to date, what's been your biggest sort of hurdle that you've had to overcome? Uh, one memory that sticks out um, like a sore thumb would have to be uh, back when I was pro in my in my teens uh, at school still, uh, I think I was maybe in year 12, I was 16 at the time. Uh, I was just in love with all sports. I did everything under the sun. Um, I played rugby league, I played soccer, obviously surf life saving, kayaking, sort of dabbled in a bit of uh, triathlon, cycling, everything. And um, playing rugby league uh, and rugby union on the weekends, uh, I, I had an injury where I um, uh, unfortunately uh, backing up one of my teammates down the sidelines and as he got tackled, um, the tackler got swung up around the air and it came he his boot flicked round and as I took my uh, took a step, the ankle of his boot hit my kneecap and knocked it out of place, dislocating it and my knee was on the side of my leg. Uh, kneecap was on the side of my leg. Um, so, yeah, that obviously dislocation, it fractured the kneecap in half and chipped a bit off. So uh, I did some pretty good damage there. Um, and uh, at the time, uh, I didn't think anything of it. I still tried to get up and uh, obviously I hit the deck and I tried to get up and continue to run. But then as soon as I took a few steps, my knee just sw- swelled up really badly and um i still had to drive back from it was a, a few hours away from from home and i had to drive back to get home with a, a dislocated fractured chip knee at the time and unfortunately oh, that was i suppose yeah unfortunately for me that was sort of my my prime time i'd like to think um of my athletic ability and it sort of threw a massive spanner in my work so i was had to have surgery to glue the uh, patella back to place and yeah, obviously move the the chip and then I have internal stitches from my patella to my uh, VMO to be able to keep it tracking correctly and they're, they're, they've been there since I've done the incident. They'll be, be with me for the rest of my life but I've never had any problems but uh, it took a good solid you know 12 to 18 months to sort of fully get over that injury and you know, for me, that was my prime time where I was sort of, you know, in, in Division One soccer, I was playing rugby union, I was playing rugby league, I was kayaking, I was doing surf Ironman, and I sort of started to dabble in triathlon. But that was the biggest hurdle. And at that time in my life, it was a, a very difficult situation to deal with. But I was very lucky that I had um, a really good supportive network um, in my family, and uh, in particular, uh, Baymed uh, Physiotherapy, who really sort of helped me with my treatment and gave me a, a proper plan in place to be able to sort of progress and, and get back from that debil- debilitating injury. Yeah, it sounds. Sorry, what age were you when that happened? Uh, 16, 16 years old. 16. Yeah. So he's 16 on top of the world, um, kneecap basically where it shouldn't be. Did you consider <laughs> sort of 
moving on from sports and giving it all up and concentrating on study or things like that or it never sort of crossed your mind you just knew that you had to recover and go through the process and be patient yeah well definitely the this doctor at the time gave me an ultimatum and said I was never to play contact sport again so that ruled out a fair few of the options that I was playing at the time um so obviously that ruled out the rugby union rugby league and the, and the soccer and uh, so that sort of threw those ones out the, out the window. But I always knew I, I need, I definitely need sport in my life. I find that um, the dedication and the commitment and the, the structure and the regime that you have from sport transitions a lot into your your lifestyle and to the daily sort of outcomes that you that you're faced with uh, you learn a lot from that transition so sport I think is a positive thing it's good for your mental health and as well as your obviously your physical health um, so for me it, it was a huge huge thing I was uh, I, I don't think I'll ever give that up yeah, you know because for me if you don't have your health you don't have anything in life so yeah. your health is number one and and sport to me is is part of that number one package and i it just made me sort of change my focus towards you know surfing and and uh kayaking and and sort of um triathlon sort of world and uh yeah i just went full on in to that sort of um yeah dis those disciplines and never looked back since yeah and any regrets with regards to the rugby like is it Sounds like you were quite talented. Could you have played NRL or something one day? Or yeah, definitely. Like um, yeah, I played fly half. Um, so in, with the rugby, um, uh, I preferred rugby union to yeah playing fly half. I I started to obviously progress and make some rep teams and and sort of head towards um, some rep more representative teams but I never really got the opportunity to pursue it any further as the injury sort of stopped me dead in my tracks and uh yeah I had that obviously that yeah never to play any contact sport again otherwise yeah you probably end up back where we were uh without the ability to be able to work walk sorry walk correctly so unfortunately yeah. uh for for me, I, I yeah, I didn't pursue it any further. But I think in saying that, uh, it's just the way it is, and I uh, I've, I don't regret it at all. Yeah, and you felt felt like you sort of grew with maturity during that time. Sort of went from a sixteen-year-old, and maybe if it hadn't have happened, you would have gone out a different path again. Maybe. Yeah, 100%. Like I, I suppose I wouldn't have been probably pursuing triathlon or wouldn't have been doing any uh, individual sport as much as I as I do now. I probably would have definitely went down that rugby union path and probably went to uh, yeah, play more uh, representative um, sort of, yeah, positions or roles. So, you know, my goal was to hopefully pay for the Waratahs and, and all that kind of stuff. And I was sort of, you know, started to, started to head it down that way. But um, I'm sort of glad it didn't. It, it kept me very humble and I learned, you know, that I need to be patient and this is just part of, you know, being an athlete and part of part of signing up to be a, a sportsman sort of thing. So I just took it on the chin and just made – 
the best out of the situation and just, uh, yeah, got through it as best I could and just tried to better myself. And always from that, from that moment, always said to myself, like, I don't ever want to go through this sort of situation again. I'm going to try and do everything I can to maintain a a healthy physique and and, uh, keep myself as injury prone as possible. Yeah, it's. And how old are you now? Uh, the young age of uh, thirty-five, unfortunately. Thirty-five. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you were sixteen at the time, any advice, specific advice for your sixteen-year-old self, sitting there on the couch, yeah. injured, knees buckled? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I would say to myself, uh, it's not that bad. Because I suppose at sixteen, you think you think the world's going to end, and uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a hard pill to swallow. But for myself, I think I'd just say, yeah, just embrace what has happened, make the make the best of the situation, and there's so much more life to live. And this is just a small hurdle you need to get through to be able to sort of move forward and and get the most out of yourself. Yeah, it's funny because it's been such a – it's even common with you, come on theme among all the guests. I mean, Josh Carlson had the the broken wrist from the motocross accident and he went down the mountain biking path. Um, Brendan Johnston had the scare with um, a tumour at a very young age. Um, Paul Vanderplug, obviously broken leg last year in New Zealand, had a huge impact on him. So it's interesting to hear that that had a big impact on you, a dislocated knee. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it had a huge impact. It sort of definitely changed my sort of life path in a way, for sure. So uh, yeah, the only thing I I can really you know be grateful for is just the support that I had to be able to uh, sort of help me in those dark times. Because you know I don't think I I wouldn't be human if I didn't say I had some sort of dark times and. You know, and and to say that you know I didn't really like I was upset and, and angry at myself for what had happened, sort of thing. But it's one of those things that yeah you know, I, I couldn't control what had happened, and I just needed to sort of see uh, you know a different side to things and put things in perspective. That was the most important thing, and and you know the people around you that that really want the best for you will help you sort of yeah get through it as best you can and put things in perspective and get you moving forward again. Yeah, it's great. A lot of um, guests also mentioned the power of a a good family and good support network and good friends and other athletes as well make a big impact. So onward and upward from the injury, I know it must have been a lengthy and like um, trying process uh, the following 12 months trying to get through it. Where do you think you peaked as an athlete after the injury or do you feel like you haven't really peaked yet as an athlete? No, definitely. I feel as though like after getting over the injury, it definitely peaked in in my 20s. Uh, I think I thought I was invincible. I did everything I could. I suppose in a way I I would even admit that I overtrained a bit because I was so obsessed with – with just trying to maximize the most of my time and and maximize 
you know, my peak physical fitness. Um, you know, I, I achieved so much in surf life saving and and transitioning into adventure racing. Like as, when I sort of dabbled in the Anaconda Adventure Race Series with Rapid Ascent, uh, you know, I, competing with the likes of John and, and Guy Andrews and, um, yeah, it, it was just, uh, you know, it was an amazing experience and I just – I really wanted to win the whole series and, yeah, I went to the Gold Coast down, down to Lawn, over to Dunsborough and committed to it and, yeah, I was just so stoked to be able to win the series uh, and then it sort of transitioned from there. It sort of got the ball rolling and, you know, I've, I've won a, f- a fair amount of races and I'm proud that I'm proud of what I have won and, and, can, and continue to and, um yeah, it's just been a, a great journey and now to be able to share it with Jackie, uh, my wife, it's it's a dream come true. I think you're one of the few guests that's um, actually competed against the Rapid Ascent founder, John, John Jacoby, the one and only. How did you find John back in the day? Yeah. He, oh, tell you what, he's, it's, he's definitely that one of the – toughest athletes i've ever come across because or he when i competed against john he was uh in a team and uh he and i i was competing in in, in the individual anaconda adventure race at dunsborough and he was doing the run leg and i was obviously doing the run leg and obviously very young and, and immature at the time and I just tried to break him as best I could but there was no chance in hell he was allowing me to get an inch and uh, I just yeah. remember it was an epic battle even though we weren't sort of competitors but we, we were competitors because we're so competitive and I didn't want to give an inch nor did he and uh, yeah, it sort of I suppose buckled me a little bit for the rest of the disciplines <laughs> because he was just doing the run leg but it's what it's a memory that I've cherished for a very long time and every time I see John uh, yeah it's it's they're fond memories that I sort of get to speak about and it you know for for me to be able to sort of race against John and have that opportunity and know John as a friend um, it's it's unreal because what he has achieved in in his sort of uh, life now and continues to achieve and and the events and the adventures that he's done is they're, they're insane they are absolutely insane and you could sit down for hours and hours and talk to John about what he has done it's just mind-boggling yep. it's crazy yeah we've had a few Friday afternoon chats and having him scrape the surface on his career and you're right. You could sit with him for days on end, like even his trip to yeah uh, the southern Antarctica. I forgot the name of the island, South Georgia Island. It's just an epic journey, and just one of the most inhospitable places in the world. And John sailed through there and did it. So yeah, definitely. Like some people wouldn't even be able to fathom some of the stuff that John has done, let alone thought of. So yeah, for me to be able to have that opportunity. You needed to race, yeah, against John and, and race in some of his events. I always know Rapid Ascent put on, you know, world class events, and they are top notch, a hundred percent. Like that's why, you know, for me, I thrive every time, you know, John or Sam or, or the Rapid Ascent crew or put on a put on a new event. Um, Eagle Bay Epic sounds 
insane. So uh, if if it's yeah. to go, if the Augusta Adventure Race um, has anything to go by, then Eagle Bay Epic coming up uh, later in the year is going to be crazy fun. So I'm looking forward to going over there. We've actually got uh, a few athletes that are coming over to race that event too. So we're looking forward to yeah. having a, a few uh, Sydney siders or southern um uh, head yeah. southern athletes come over and join uh you western westerners over there yeah that's yeah, it we that's the one <laughs> there's plenty of us southerners but we need to see more of you easterners from sydney new south wales oh 100 percent. don't worry about the time zone just get on the red <laughs> eye do the dirt do the dirty flight over i've done it many times you won't be disappointed when you get over there it's it's so much fun and um you, you guys definitely put on a show for the athletes and the spectators and such a rad event and yeah for sure we'll be back there i'm going to convince the wifey to come so yeah count us in yeah. even even the wifey's got to come because there's a wife carrying championships isn't there benny yeah. that's epic that <laughs> sure is we've had um, <laughs> some, some good feedback and not so good feedback but it is designed as a fun event and Nothing serious by nature, so we cannot wait to put that event on as a little sort of gap filler for the weekend. Yeah, definitely. I I, I even think that um, Jackie would be carrying me because I think at the moment she's <laughs> way strong, way stronger than my ability. So now I look forward to it. It's going to be an awesome event, and uh, yeah, John's a bloody legend of the sport. Yeah, you've just triggered my memory before actually when you're talking about the red eye. Is that Augusta, the Adventure Fest last year? Um, you won the race, and you were. I asked what you were doing after the race, and you said you were back on the plane, and you'd be teaching at eight thirty the next morning back in Wollongong. So, did you get? Did you make it back on time for teaching at eight thirty? Yeah, I did. I made it back uh, after the race. Packed <laughs> pack my bags. Packed my bike. Uh, yeah, did the presentation, then drove to the airport, caught the red eye, and then went to straight to school and, and taught. Uh, yeah, what ninety odd kids, uh, which yeah, sort of tore me a new asshole, but I managed to get it done and <laughs> and achieve all the, achieve all the objectives. And uh, yeah, the kids. Uh, yeah, no, I get I have a good rapport with all with all the kids there, and they're, and they're very good students. And um. Yeah, uh, as long as they get the, get the work done and, and listen to what I've got to say and, and how I teach it, then, yeah, we, we're good. We, we get it done. <laughs> do they understand what you do? Do they understand the Ben Allen outside of school? Uh, they think I'm some crazy uh, freak of a sports person that does, like, all these uh, amazing, like, weird and, and crazy events sort of things. But outside of that, no, nah, they're, they're too engrossed in their iPhones and yeah. and what's going on on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, for, you know, for, for me, I just love the opportunity to be able to travel and do all these amazing events and, you know, to be able to, you know, come back it's, uh, and teach kids that, don't know who you are or what you do. It's it's very humbling, but it's a it's a very cool experience and and uh, yeah, a very unique one at that. Yeah, so that that experience of uh, winning Augusta, competing all weekend, and then 
flying back on the red eye teaching. That's a pretty standard weekend for you. I know you were doing the Otway Odyssey a couple of weeks ago in Victoria and Forest. Um, it's probably it's, it's two-hour drive from Melbourne, every bit of two hours, maybe two and a half. Um, so completed yeah. that, 100-kilometre solo race, drive back to the airport, get on a plane. Pretty standard weekend. Yeah, definitely. Like Jackie and I, whenever we've got a weekend free, we're always off gallivanting around Australia or around the world. Um, we actually drove down there. Uh, <laughs> I finished work and we drove straight down there, did the race, oh. uh, and and then How drove all the way. Uh, nine hours. <laughs> so, nine hour yeah, drive drove back. Quick sleep. Yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, went back to work on Monday. So <laughs> that's the way that's the way it goes. <laughs> that is definitely for the love and passion. And how did you go, incidentally? I know you finished about top twenty or so. Yeah, I did. I, I definitely uh, I, my uh, nutrition sort of needed a bit more fine tuning. Uh, obviously, with uh, the racing, the racing that I do is a bit shorter, between thirty and forty k's. So. Halfway through the race, I was firing on all six cylinders and then, yeah, obviously towards the latter stages of the event, um, yeah, sort of to get the better of me and uh, I faded a little bit uh, and then I was probably running on one or two cylinders. So, But all in all, I was just uh, just happy to be able to participate in the event and, you know, get the most out of the weekend and, um, you know, and support also my wife who raced. She finished in a sprint finish for for fourth um so yeah and just coming down and supporting rapid ascent and and everything that has you guys have to offer is awesome and seeing a lot of my fellow competitors and stuff like that and yeah it's just such a cool weekend and and one that we couldn't pass up on the opportunity to miss out on yeah do you do many mountain bike marathons or is that kind of a one-off for the year uh, yeah, it was sort of a, a one-off for the, for the year. Like Jackie had done it a few years ago. That was my first one. So I didn't really know what to, uh, to expect coming, come, coming into it. Um, I definitely done the training in terms of the, the endurance side, but that hill, uh, towards the end of the end of the race just got the better of me. And I just, I just cooked it big time. Uh, just yep. had a massive flat flat battery and just battled to the end. But now it's good. Like it's you know when you bonk, it's a very humbling experience. And uh, yeah, you know, I think as an athlete, you need to experience that and you you learn from those uh, situations. And it's definitely put me in good stead for um, you know future races. I've learned a lot about myself and what I need and what I you know should have done and could have done and all that kind of thing. So that's what was the intentions of the race, and I, I achieved everything. Although, like, I didn't really want to bonk, but it, it happened. Um, but uh, I was I was able to get the best out of this out of what had happened. So for me, it, it was just a phenomenal event to be a part of, and yeah, it's just I couldn't. We both Jack and I couldn't miss out on it. Yeah, I did a podcast with Brendan Johnston a couple of days before the event, and I said, "Have you got any advice for young riders?" And he said, "Let's face it, you're going to bonk." Yeah, about the 70, 80K mark, you're going to bonk. Is that about where you bonked out? 
Yeah, that's it. That's me. Oh, I put my hand up. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, returning to Apollo Bay next year, the start, so it's going to be even tougher next year. So basically all uphill. Um, there's a massive sledgehammer at the end. There's all sorts of different sections. It's going to turn into a, a little bit of an adventure race, I think, with a bit of a walking up hills and crossing creeks and things. So hopefully we'll see you back next year for that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we, we love, uh, you know, down down that area, down that way, the Great Ocean Road and everything that has to offer. Yeah, any opportunity we get to go down there, we, we take it with, with both hands. So, yeah, for sure, we've done many races. I've done a fair few um, surf life saving uh, events down there and I uh, look forward to uh, challenging my ability in uh, the new, new event come uh, 2021. Yeah, for sure. Hope to see you back. Um, we touched on the Eagle, Eagle Bay Epic uh, just briefly before. Do you want to talk about X Adventure, which we have coming up next month, April 3rd and 4th? Right. I know you've competed in X Adventure a couple of times and you've won the event. Is that right? Yeah, I've actually, I think I've won it two or three times. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I love that event. It's so cool. Uh, it's such a rad place of Australia. Um, you know, it's down down the western western side, the Western Cape, and um, it's great. It's so beautiful. You know, you've, it's very close to Bustleton, and uh, it's a different format because it's obviously not the traditional sort of uh, disciplines in order of swim, bike, and run. It's a uh, swim, run, bike. So it makes it a, a, a very sort of you know a bit of a a mind sort of boggle to be able to you know, get the concept through your head, but um, it's a great race. Like the swim is in a in a beautiful crystal clear ocean water, and then you, the the trail runs is unreal because you you're rock hopping, you're jumping in the in the water back out, you're climbing mountains through the running through the bush, twists and turns, and then um, back into transition, and then you're you're on the mountain bike, and the mountain bike is is crazy fast. You got a lot of pea gravel, so many twists and turns. Um, I just remember like twisting and turning, and just thought to myself, uh, "Have I done this? Before? Done this section already?" Like I, I felt as though I twist and turn back onto myself again because I'd done so many twists and turns. But uh, yeah, it's it was such a good weekend. You, you know, you got the kids' events and the short course as well, and and uh, yeah, it was, it was such a rad event. And uh, for me, uh, um. Um, sorry to say I'm going to miss out on it this year, unfortunately, because it clashes with another event that I have already um, signed up for. But it's one that, um, yeah, I, I hope everyone has a, an amazing time. And, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a cracker of, an, of a race. Yeah, it's a WA State Champs and ITU qualifier event. So there's going to be a lot of pro triathletes hanging around and doing the doing the event on the weekend. So I personally haven't been to, to the event myself at Dunsborough. We've been to Augusta and I know it's a, just a magnificent part of the world. Um, getting back to your career and highlights and all the rest, have you got, have you got a, a milestone or a highlight in mind or do you feel that you haven't um, reached your peak yet in terms of milestones? career highlights and what can you tell us is maybe your highlight today 
Um, I suppose my the one thing I'm I'm very proud of is my consistency uh, throughout the throughout my career. I've been very consistent, like on the podium. Uh, yeah, I always have the intentions of giving it 110 percent. Um, yeah, if and if I if I uh, go in to win, if I have a win, then I'm like I'm out the back door, or, or I've had a mechanical, or I'm injured, or something like that. But um, to date, I suppose you know the the thing. Um, if I had to choose one, would be I suppose proving myself at the Xterra World Off World Off Road Triathlon Championships by. Um, sort of backing up my podium position. I finished third three times, um, come close, obviously, a few times to win the event, but never been able to take that top step. But in a way, like when I first came onto the off-road triathlon scene, uh, to be able to prove yourself on the world stage and finish on the podium was, was an amazing feat. But then to be able to back it up, and sort of solidify myself as a as a world class off road athlete was an achievement that it sort of was very monumental towards me being uh, being an exterior athlete or being a professional triathlete. So um, that would probably be be one of one of my highlights. I, I still hope to be able to work towards winning. The world title. I still got a few more left, left a few more years left in me to be able to yep. sort of tick that box. Uh, I believe, um, but uh, you know, racing for my country, racing, racing for Australia is, is a huge highlight. Um, winning my, all those national, I think I'm up to six national uh, off-road triathlon titles is is another. Um, feet that I'm very proud of and and just being able to sort of share that knowledge uh, with my fellow athletes and my and the athletes that we coach today is probably another one so those probably three things I would say would be my career highlights to date yeah it's interesting to hear that you still got plenty left in the tank um, so maybe there's bigger things to come for Ben Allen yeah, I'd like to think so. Uh, yeah, as yeah, you, as you get a bit older, you've got to be a bit more sensible, a bit more switched on with um, yeah, you know, your training regime, and you got to sort of tweak a few things here and there. Uh, I suppose I had a, a lot of good uh, advice from a fellow athlete, Conrad Stoltz, who sort of you know, sort of I looked up to uh, racing. Uh, a few years back, he's retired now, but he's a, a multiple ex, uh, off-road triathlon world champion and just an amazing person and athlete. And just to be able to achieve what he has uh, would be, yeah, you know, a dream come true. But for myself, I still got a few things here and there. I'd, I'd love to be able to tick off on the athletic side of things but uh, for the for the now it's um yeah working towards uh moving into our new house and establishing a home for both jackie and i and then uh working towards then you know a bit of stability and then towards the end of this year look out for uh b and j racing we'll be coming for you (laughs) 
BJ Racing. Ben and Jackie Racing. Yeah, Ben and Jackie Racing, B and J Racing. <laughs> look, out, look out for the you two at the wife carrying championships. It's um it will be an epic letter in the year. Yeah, hell yeah. If we ain't on the podium <laughs> on top step, then we might be divorced on the plane road ride back home. That's <laughs> <laughs> not. That's like there's a sixth anniversary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, that, that was going to be the next question. So the future for Ben Owen, so obviously possibly a world title in there. So big ambition, ambitions to achieve that. Um, and you talked about stability and would you say that your life has been unstable to date or do you just mean stability in terms of paying off a mortgage and you've got the new house and maybe some kids on the way? No, well, at the moment it's a bit unstable because there's a lot of things that are going on uh, outside of sort of my athletic life, like trying to work and then manage, uh, you know, moving into a house and, and obviously solicitor, yeah. uh, loan and, and organism, like our house isn't perfect. It needs like a bit of work uh to it so to ma- to be able to make it sort of livable at the moment we've got to get it you know i do a f- fair few renovations and stuff like that so uh and obviously we don't have a place at the moment so it's a matter of establishing you know furniture and and uh you know fridge some some basic living sort of equipment so to speak to be able to fill this house um so yeah there's a fair fair bit going on at the moment um you know also you know coaching the athletes that we have and all that kind of stuff but they always say a busy person is a productive person and and that's definitely the case like both jack and i are so busy but we we prefer it that way we choose to have it like sort of that way because we are very i suppose uh we have you know, so much energy, so to speak, and we and we love what we do. So yeah, it becomes easy. So we're always busy in terms of you know managing ourselves and each other, and then other athletes, and then you know outside of our sort of uh, work slash life routine. But uh, for us, hopefully, once we move into our into our house then things will start to settle down and we'll find a bit more stability and we'll get more of a structure and things will just naturally fall into place and that's where we'll be able to thrive and and really excel and and start sort of moving towards uh some major goals in our in our calendar for the 2020 season yeah it sounds like it's there's some of the practicalities of getting through the settlement and moving into the new house. So it's going to be great to see you on the circuit later in the year and um, I guess witnessing what you were able to achieve later in the year and the years to come. So fingers crossed it's all smooth and all goes through nicely. Um, just uh, on your day-to-day routine, so you're a teacher by day. Do you just want to give us a quick snapshot into your daily routine? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, work as a casual high school teacher um, and then uh, normally wake up early, probably about 4.30, uh, out on the bike for five, a couple of hours on the bike, either in the bunch or out solo. Um, that generally happens sort of a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday um, and then off to work. 
once I finish work, um, I'm back home and then either another training session, either a swim or a bike, a uh, swim or a run, sorry, um, on the on the days that I do ride on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm at the pool swimming in the morning. Um, and then, uh, yeah, obviously it's, yeah, it's back to work and then training again in the afternoon. If I, if I can fit it in it, then after training, it's home for dinner and then try and plan, um, the next day and, uh, sort of, yeah, go through that sort of daily routine one after one after the other so it's a it's a bit of a hectic lifestyle um as where you know it sort of keeps me on my toes but uh i'm yeah i've got some good uh i implement some good things in place like use utilizing a diary to sort of manage my time Mm -hmm. as to you know where i have to be and what i have to do and you know my parents are very supportive they help me a lot um uh, and vice versa, we, we help them. Our family's very close, so if anything that if anything like we can sort of bounce off one another to be able to help, you know what we need to do. And like I always try and include to be able to make sure I see my niece and nephews uh, to be able to catch up with them. They've got a lot of sporting events happening after school. Uh, my nephew won his Oztag grand final the other day, so I managed to be able to go out and watch that. And my niece oh. uh, moved up a moved up a class in her swimming, so that was another uh, you know amazing achievement. So for for myself, family is number one, and and yeah, my wife coming from England, her family is all there in the UK, so it's very difficult for her. Um, but I'm lucky that my family is so supportive, and you know, if there's any any a need that she needs to go back, there's no hesita- hesitation from from me or my family. We'll support her, and yeah, that's uh, that's a key to I think anyone's success is you need to have a, a very balanced and healthy relationship with your family to be able to sort of enable you to achieve what you can uh, and reach your full potential in the sporting world. Yeah, it sounds like a crazy schedule. And then obviously offset by family time and watching your niece go up a level at the swimming uh, carnival or championships, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> she getting swim tips off Uncle Ben? Yeah, she does definitely. She's a bit more uh, sort of gung ho. She she has no fear as my. She's only five, by the way, and my nephew, oh, uh, <laughs> my nephew uh, who's eight, is a bit more hesitant. Uh, he's a bit more uh, sort of thinks logically before doing it. As where my my niece, she's just gung ho. She doesn't doesn't sort of think about the risks or or, or what. Uh, <laughs> sort of trouble she might get into so yeah they're both very good uh characters and and they love doing sports and i love trying to help uh, them sort of develop their their skills and and learn fundamental movements to be able to make it more enjoyable so that they can sort of you know enjoy some of the things that i've had the opportunity to uh be able to sort of yeah make make a living from in a way i suppose yeah, and on the subject of youth and junior athletes and the rest, do you have any specific or timely advice for junior athletes that might be listening into the podcast? 
Yeah, definitely. Like if for sure, if you ever get the opportunity to go out outside rather than sit in and play PlayStation or be on the iPhone, make the most of that that opportunity. Go outside and kick a football. Or just you know, practice catching or or hitting or you know, dribbling or passing or or anything. Um, you know, or you know, cycling. There's so many different. Uh, fundamental movements and skills that you can sort of learn that will help with your your development uh, on and off off the field by you know giving them a routine or or a skill set that you know that can use in in their later life and you know don't don't just rest by your laurels just go out there challenge yourself even if you're not good in it good at it work on your weaknesses so they become your strengths and uh, yeah, just make the most of of your the time that you have, and, and have fun with it. If you're not having fun, then you're not doing it right. So um, yeah, just just go and embrace each and every day, and and uh, yeah, have fun with um, sports as much as you can. Yeah, I think really good advice there, Ben. So I think a, a lot of young listeners will appreciate that. I think a lot of adult listeners will appreciate that as well. So thank you. For yeah, inviting yeah. Ah, oh, no worries. You're welcome. Just given our tendency to get caught up in work and the office and all the rest these days, so hours seem seem to be getting longer and longer and longer rather than shorter. So I think good advice at the end of the podcast. So well, I now know that you've been up since four thirty a.m. in the morning. So <laughs> probably about time we started wrapping up the podcast. But um. Really appreciate your time this evening. So uh, good luck for the rest of your 2020 season. I know you'll be at, you'll be at Lawn for Xterra, being hosted by Rapid Ascent this year. You'll be attending that event? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, we were very excited to, to find out the news that uh, Rapid Ascent had um, the, the Xterra for, is it 2021, not 2020? Yeah, might be right. Might be twenty twenty one. Yeah, in March the fourteenth and fifteenth of twenty twenty one. So I look forward to uh, yeah. yeah, coming down there. It's a beautiful part of the world on on the Great Ocean Road, obviously. Uh, so yeah, what a what a phenomenal place to be able to hold um the Xterra Australia Championship. So I look forward to it. Yeah, and John Jacoby's designing the mountain bike legs, so I'm sure he's got something in store well, for you. Oh, most definitely. I'm sure it's going to be tough as. So everyone start training now in anticipation for it because it's going to be a, going to be a grueling course. But it's one that I'm sure is going to be very rewarding. So I look forward to it. You guys always put on a, on a great show and, um, yeah, I can't wait for it. I should mention too that Sam Maffitt is designing the trail running leg too. So that's probably even going to be more tough. <laughs> I have no doubt. <laughs> Sam's just as bad as John. So those two together, it's probably going to be the, one of the hardest races on planet Earth. So by the by the yeah. time they're finished with it. <laughs> yeah, they're two pretty hard men. Try working for them day to day. <laughs> oh, I don't know how you do it, Benny. I don't know how you do it. You're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> they set a very high benchmark and it's good fun. So. Uh, good luck for the rest of 2020. Um, can't wait to see it. Eagle Bay Epic in November. Um, X Adventure obviously happening early April on the 
4th and 5th of April, I'm pretty sure. So we're going to see a lot of people there for that event. We've obviously done that in the past and won it. So um, thanks very much for your time this evening. Congratulations on your new home, uh, your wedding anniversary, and good luck for the rest of the year. Thank you very much, Ben. Thanks, Rapid Ascent. Uh, yeah, look forward to a, a massive end of uh, 2020. And yeah, thanks very much for the chat.